0: You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. Thank you to patrons, including Rich, Mike with an I, Mike with a Y, Nick, Luke, and a different Ian, who support us directly. And for the price of just a cup of of coffee a week, you can join them. Get access to our full-length ad-free show, listen and chat with us as we record live, and get our Patreon-exclusive sister show, Extra Message, which I usually don't fluff words in as often. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash... UK tech sounds like your tongue's sweating mate Uh, if that were the only thing on my body sweating right now I'd be very pleased indeed because the sun is shining again this week and I hope everyone listening I hope your celebration balloons have been amply inflated and that any cake or ice cream stains dribbling down your summer garments in the heat are impermanent one man whose frustration with the world and its faults is also impermanent is of course Ian Uh, you're about to tell me how you were Uh, please continue
1: I am hot My hands are sweating. I can't open the window because the football's on and people are shouting mindless chants. And Uh, I I don't care for it. It's um, obnoxious. It is a little. I thought I'd move to a place where that kind of hooliganism wasn't permitted, but it seems that even in Surrey, people are allowed to be in their garden yelling things about football. I'm very sorry to hear that. (laughs) Very good. Very sorry.
0: Um... If you have a frustration about football, you can send it in to us. Um, Just simply mark it as for deletion. Now, it is E3 this week, so I wanted to pick a gaming topic to kick off this week's show. Sorry, no football pun intended there. That was entirely unscripted. Um, And Microsoft said its Xbox gaming unit is working on new hardware and deals with TV makers that will let people play games and experience the Xbox without needing to buy a gaming machine, i.e. a console or a PC. This is according to my Bloomberg colleague, Dina Bass, but also me, because I wrote part of this story uh, as well this week. Now, the idea would be to embed the Xbox experience Directly into an internet connected TV, and nothing else would be needed except for uh, an Xbox controller, Microsoft said. Meanwhile, Xbox is also building streaming devices to enable cloud gaming services on any TV or monitor which I found deeply, deeply fascinating. Now, I had access to uh, some of this a little bit ahead of time, and there was a uh, a stream, about an hour-long stream, that Microsoft did eventually broadcast, I think, but um, I watched through the whole thing, and it was um, Phil Spencer, uh, Xbox head, as and a few other Microsoft execs doing kind of like a fake scripted interview, um, and I liked the part where this particular uh, bit of news was announced because of how kind of, totally scripted and not really very natural it sounded would you like to hear it oh yes please all right here it comes hard at work on new hardware and platforms some of which won't come to light for years but even as we build for the future we're focused on extending the xbox experience to more devices today so we can reach more people as kareem talked about and many of those devices won't be built by us For example, we're working with global TV manufacturers to embed the Game Pass experience directly into internet connected TVs. So all you'll need to play is a controller. Beyond that, we're also developing standalone streaming devices that you can plug into a TV or monitor. So if you have a strong internet connection, you can stream your
1: Xbox experience.
0: Very nice. That's how this was announced. And as you can tell, there is not a lot of detail on offer there, other than the suggestion that maybe some of this stuff will take years to come to fruition. And I spoke to Microsoft's, uh, she was a, uh, she's the vice president, Xbox vice president, Sarah Bond, about this. And I tried to price some more detail out of her, but she wouldn't be moved. But she did tell me that subscribers to Xbox Game Pass uh, now spend about 20% more on games and downloadable content than they used to. Sorry, they used to spend about 20% more on games and they now spend about 50%. So there's a real justification here, I think, in them saying, well, look, whatever you want to play games on or have Game Pass on, that's fine by us because the more devices you have it on, uh, you are statistically more likely to want to spend stuff inside those games that you're getting as part of a subscription. So overall, this came across as a a big win for uh, Xbox streaming, but also with the promise that Xbox maybe isn't even gonna be that much about consoles in the future. Long in the future, maybe. Um
1: so what what do you make of this, Ian? Were you following this? Did you interest did this interest you? I mean, I was aware it was happening, let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, you know, it's cool. Um, I think it's Microsoft's the most progressive company when it comes to shutting down its hardware division, isn't it, really? Um it's almost like operating a game console division is a bit of a chore. And it wants to get back to the business of software, but actually, great. Why not? If they can make it good and you know do stuff to reduce latency and make it a really good experience, fantastic. Who wants to buy a console? I'd, I'd much rather subscribe for a few quid a month and then have the option about whether I, you know, unsubscribe for a couple of months when there's not new games that I'm interested in. It's just, it's great. It's going to be a a, a wonderful um, new way for people to enjoy. Pr- Premium sort of triple A games, fantastic, especially in a world where we've got no flipping GPUs or CPUs to buy.
0: I I asked Sarah in my interview. That by the way, that's not the lady you heard speaking before. It's a different no. Sarah. Um, basically, what the role of a console is in future, and and her answer is that that's that's sort of the premium way to play games. So that's the, always going to be the way that Microsoft will say this is the best way to play games and everything else is, these are the other very good ways of playing games. It's kind of like with product tiers and different uh, SKUs. You get good, better, best. You never get bad, good, brilliant. You always get. It always starts at good and the better and the best. And in this instance, the Xbox will be the best, and then below that, maybe cloud streaming, and then below that will be streaming from your home console, on a, another manufacturer's device on the other side of the world, something along those lines. Um, but it's, really, it's I think it's really reassuring because at the end of the day, I've played some of this stuff using cloud streaming and the technology works well. And we've seen apps like Steam Link be on the Apple TV and we've seen others on Roku boxes and similar uh, smart TV software apps as well. And this technology does generally work quite well. And if Microsoft's going all in on this down the line, there's a few companies that could do it better than um, than Microsoft because of Azure and because of all the money it has basically uh, uh, yeah, to pump into sure. this. Which is the same argument I said about Google Stadia, but we all know how that. Um,
1: yeah, but Google went. doesn't doesn't care about products. Google's like an excited child. Um, you know, they're all they're, they're all about the dopamine hit of re- launching a new product. Oh, look what we've done. We've created this product that does this, 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 and this. It's fantastic. And everyone's like, you know what? That is fantastic. Well done, Google. You've done a really good job there. And then the dopamine dies down and they completely lose interest. They have an absolutely no idea about how to structure teams or how to manage projects. So it just doesn't deliver on any of the promises. And then eventually they lose interest. It doesn't make any money. They shut it down. Um, and then they start again with a new project that they don't care about and will ultimately get shut down. John in the live chat room, listening
0: live, says Xbox Streaming Stick will be free with Game Pass, I reckon. I actually think it might be the other way around. And that in a future you can buy the Streaming Stick and you get like three months of Game Pass or something along those lines.
1: And Ah. it goes with what...
0: We heard from the Xbox exec, uh, the sound clip we heard earlier, um, although we didn't because I didn't play it all the way to the end. But if I had have played it to the end, you would have heard um, her say that they're also partnering with telcos, you know, mobile networks and broadband providers to say, well, here's the Xbox and Game Pass as part of a monthly subscription package, which we've seen done for other products, Um, of course, mobile phones being the premier one uh in bit, the, that sort of example before
1: i i actually agree with john i do think they'll give the stick away if you subscribe but uh you know if you commit to a year or something i think you'd be able to get one for free um i think what's interesting about this is if it follows the netflix model so netflix is quite well known for offering isps hardware that they can put at the edge of their network so basically if you're on virgin and you're near the new Malden exchange then there might well be a Netflix appliance in that exchange and it will be loaded up with the most popular shows on Netflix at any one time so anything that charts will be in there and probably some room for caching so when you start streaming it's not coming from you know Netflix's office in you know in a data center in London it's actually coming from a from your ISP which is extremely important because it reduces the amount of bandwidth used on the you know, the connection between the ISP and Netflix. So, you know, Netflix isn't constantly having to upgrade bandwidth from its end to serve that much data. Instead, it's shuffling a load of that over to the ISP. But that's also good for the ISPs because it means they're not shuffling traffic all across their network. It can be kept more local. Of course, the closer an Xbox server is to you, the less latency and delays and potential hiccups with, you know, connectivity is going to be. So who knows? Maybe we'll start to see virgin media doing partnerships with microsoft where it's got those servers quite geographically close to everyone playing um and we'll start to see you know latency with delays that simply aren't a problem for gaming Mm.
0: well i mean thinking about the streaming sticks which is the aspect of this i find most interesting because it's essentially saying here's a very cheap thing that could probably replace you needing to buy an xbox because our cloud infrastructure is so good and you know prices today you can buy a chromecast i'm looking at their google store 30 pounds and you could buy an amazon fire tv stick uh, 4k that comes with you know your iPlayer apps and disney plus and stuff for 50 pounds um so that's they're going to get cheaper but that's if you imagine that microsoft came out with this this year which i i doubt because i think this year is going to be the the year of cloud streaming, I think next year will be, will be hardware. Um, but if it came out with this today, you could see an Xbox stick that costs, I don't know, £35, so undercut Amazon slightly. It offers Game Pass for three months, bundled in. You get all the apps that come on the Xbox anyway, like Netflix and iPlayer and ITV and stuff. Um, and you can play your games on it, and you still have to buy a controller. But that's a that's a
1: very compelling entry point. You wouldn't even need the hardware for a lot of people. A lot of TVs have got more than adequate hardware for that kind of thing, I reckon.
0: Um, I, you might be right, I suppose, but latency is such that anything that can keep that, even you know, shave a few milliseconds off, is good. And I do find that the interfaces for smart TVs tend to be a bit sluggish.
1: Well, maybe, but... Yeah, but they've got they've certainly got the hardware built into them necessary for decoding ultra HD streams. So really if that's all just an H, ultra HD stream or an HD stream, then the the TV's already got pretty much all it needs as long as it can support mm. Bluetooth with relatively low latency, um which I don't see why they wouldn't because it's part of the more recent Bluetooth standards. So who knows, we'll see, but um it's certainly going to be a possibility because that's already the way it's looking. It's promising, isn't it? Well, they can do micros- it in a web browser, mate. They can do it in anything. Fair play, fair play. That's true. Well, um, Amazon, uh,
0: Amazon, sorry, uh, Microsoft has its E3 uh, stream tonight with Bethesda. Um, I don't think we're going to hear much about this. I think that's the reason they separated the hardware uh, kind of um, enterprise announcements from the. Software and consumer announcements uh, into two shows, but it will be interesting to see if it gets flicked at at least, and if we learn a little more about timeframes. But uh, based on the clip we heard earlier, you know this is part of a years-long journey for for Microsoft, rather than uh, one to expect in the coming months. Oh. But uh, any thoughts you have on this, of course, let us know. UK Tech Show at iCloud.com. <laughs> lossless audio in spatial audio this this was the the hot topic for uh tech and apple and music fans uh alike around the world this week because apple did as expected launch its lossless and high-res audio streaming service on apple music and we have a lot to talk about that's not going to be specific to Apple Music. So don't worry, friends. We didn't start with Microsoft and end on Apple. Um, We're going to go into uh, quite a bit of detail about some of the problems here as well as some of the uh, advantages. But let's just recap a little bit about what was announced for Apple Music subscribers. Um, The first is that the entire library of Apple Music Uh, songs, which is about 75 million or so, uh, by the end of the year will be offered in lossless audio quality. So that's a massive step up from um, the compressed AAC versions that are available today. It brings it on par with if you were actually listening to the CD with nothing removed from it whatsoever. But on top of that, it's uh, making several million songs initially available in high resolution audio that is up to 192 kilohertz which is um about four times higher uh resolution than cd and current streaming services and it's going to be able to store all of that extra data in 24 bit instead of 16 bit so 50 percent increase in bit uh, uh depth for storing that high-resolution audio. Um, And on top of all that, it's launched spatial audio with Dolby Atmos for a limited number of songs. And that is, for those unfamiliar with the term, is basically like uh, movie surround sound, but for music. It's more nuanced than that, but that's in general what it's like. And this was announced, uh, as expected, as a free upgrade to all Apple Music subscribers so it's not an extra cost and it trails the launch of similar services as we've seen from Amazon which has its uh, HD music service, Deezer has an HD music s- service, tier. Uh, sorry, Tidal has a hi-fi tier as well and has done for some time but this time we're seeing it um, get quite competitive because as soon as Apple announced this Amazon dropped the price of its HD streaming, and I suddenly started getting a lot of emails from public relations people at some of the smaller companies promoting the benefits of their competing services. So it's definitely heated the interest up, but I feel Apple has only really pushed the spatial audio aspect of this service, and it's the one that most people will... Uh, get to experience in terms of actually noticing a difference for reasons we'll come to in a little bit. And you've been trying Spatial Audio, I think, Ian, haven't you?
1: I gave it a little go, mate. I wasn't that impressed. Give me give me your first impressions then before I do. Well, it's a bit limited in what you can... Well, I suppose it's not limited in what you can listen to it with. Um, but for me, it was very unimpe- very unappealing. And I know you and I, we had a chat about it, didn't we, during the week? We did. And I, I, I just... It's it just doesn't sound very good to me. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. It certainly doesn't cause any problems, but I really struggle to tell the difference. Honestly, um, I, I noticed it make a difference,
0: and, and I noticed this a similar for a different reason with the high res. The um, heavy metal, and I mean very heavy metal, uh, being quite noticeably different because there are often so many competing and loud noises. Um, all playing at the same time. That having the extra spatial depth helps separate guitars and vocals out in a way that is traditionally quite difficult to do. Um, similar is often true yeah. of, of of orchestral music for different reasons. Um, but but I noticed a big difference with that with spatial, but not enough to benefit uh, me. In, I don't think. But this is and all trickery, I, right? And I turned it off.
1: Well, define it's all, trickery. Well, it's all—it's all just processing. It's not. There's not. There's not. The, you know, the, the, most of these tracks are not mastered spatially. They are. This are is they? The, this is the difference. Yeah. This is that. So,
0: there, a lot of people will have experienced uh, like a binaural recording, and I say a lot of people, probably very few people, but um, if you're a fan of ASMR recordings where it sounds like the person is breathing behind your head if the person doing that recording has really got a good setup, they will actually have a... um, It's like a hollowed-out human skull. It's quite disturbing-looking, and the microphones are actually placed in the ears. And the advantage of that is you get a natural three-dimensional sound as as if it was recorded within your own brain. Because, you know, surround sound works because the speakers are physically behind you, but the human ear and the brain works... Uh, the way it does even though you only have two ears that that you can hear something coming behind you and in front of you and if you use a binaural recording head then you're getting the same effect even though it's only coming from a left and right channel Dolby Atmos is different but uses similar sort of psychoacoustic trickery I think where it is mixed and at the mastering level uh, level so the instruments and sounds sound like they're coming in front of you or behind you but the way it's being delivered is technically artificial because it's all done through algorithms as opposed to just physically recording yeah but it has a lot of extra sound.
1: physical channels that it can use to make that effect more you know obvious
0: yeah uh, john in, in our live chat says he finds the art blakely album the most noticeable if you want to test it um i believe he's talking about the uh Apple Music, Dolby Atmos. Um, and the, the track, I, this uh, album I would recommend for hearing binaural recording is one by Pink Floyd. I think it's called The Final Cut. I meant to Google this beforehand, but I think they record elements of that al- uh, uh, album using like a bina- binaural audio head thing. And there's yeah. a particular bit where you can hear a plane flying sort of over and behind you. And it's quite disconcerting how realistic that sounds.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, th- those, is... those are very specific recording techniques that work I mean the the head thing obviously works because they're placing microphones in sort of fake ear canals so presumably the shape of the ear the artificial ear helps to direct the sound in in much the way the human ear does and yeah. then you know the microphones being inside are able to differentiate their position because it's very it's something we're very familiar with and yeah. if you go on YouTube and watch one of those binaural recordings with any pair of headphones on literally any device it sounds incredible but that's nowhere near what I heard when I listened to the music on Apple. I think it's different, but it is comparable. And Apple's
0: pushing this very hard very hard you know if you go on apple music you look everything it's spatial this spatial playlist listen now in spatial 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 and uh, uh, you know part of the reason is is because there is a benefit if you're listening on an apple uh set of apple headphones but do not be fooled you can listen to spatial audio from apple music using regular headphones i've used it on my bang and olivson h9 eyes perfectly fine you just have to tell the settings app that you want to force dolby atmos all the time whenever it's available as opposed to automatic which is only when it's available and if you're wearing Apple's own products so you can Mm. force it but uh, it wasn't good enough for me to keep it on even though it's the most um, immediately noticeable um, upgrade for most people I think. Let's talk though about lossless and high res a little bit because Ian and I got into, not an argument because we were in agreement but uh, quite a heated chat wasn't it about some of the limitations here and why we're a little disappointed um, with Apple's high res lossless because there are very few products and methods that support the listening to Apple's high res. Um, for example, uh, any Bluetooth headphones they don't support it. That includes all of Apple's own products. So the AirPods Pro, even the AirPod Maxes, are not supporting lossless high resolution audio because they use Bluetooth. If you have an Apple product that has a headphone socket and you plug headphones in with a wire, that also is not supporting the high res lossless, although it is supporting lossless, um, because you need an external uh, digital to analog converter. Um, So you buy a separate one. I did an extra message about this one where I promoted. I say promoted. I just bought one. I wasn't paid for it. In fact, I paid for it. Uh, The Meizu high res um, audio. DAC, which I know John in our live chat, who's getting a lot of mentions this week. Thanks, John. Um, Also bought and found the benefit of. But you you need to use that Um, if you have an AirPlay capable hi-fi as Ian does. And in fact, as I also do, you can stream lossless to it, but it doesn't support high res because the uh, specification of Apple's own wireless streaming uh, technology, AirPlay and AirPlay 2 also don't support
1: high-res, lossless. Yeah. And this um, is where it started to lose me, really. It's very challenging, yeah. because It's, you've it's, got- it's almost impossible to hear high-resolution audio on an Apple unless you've got a very specific bit of hardware, which you've managed to discover. I did manage to discover,
0: yes. So I did find that some old Macs and MacBook Pros do support optical digital out in the regular three and a half mil headphone socket and this is something that apple used to support on the apple tv and you could output uh digital optical from that but they got rid of that as well a few years ago so that's no longer a standard um it also used to come as standard on the old airport uh, boxes i've got an airport express just down to my left actually here they support Um, digital optical out haven't tested those with high res but they got Mm. rid of them all in these in recent incarnations even the recent iMacs haven't got it probably for cost reasons but it's a real missed opportunity unless like me you happen to still have one of these old ones sitting around I found that my 2014 MacBook Pro which has been sitting gathering dust in a corner of my studio here for quite some time has optical digital out and my amplifier my Yamaha um, I don't know which one it is, but I'll put a link. It was a few hundred quid. It wasn't a super expensive one. Um, that supports Optical Digital In. And this afternoon, I fired up that Mac. I upgraded it to the latest Mac OS. I installed Apple Music on it, In uh, logged in, connected the Toslink adapter to the Optical Digital cable, plugged it into the Yamaha, updated the Yamaha's firmware, and I checked... And it was indeed streaming high resolution at 192 kilohertz, 24 bit. But that is the level I've had to go to to get uh, to get it to work other than just plugging in uh, the headphones with this external DAC. It's a long way of saying it's a massive pain in the ass. And I think Apple, if it wants people to take this seriously, which I actually don't think it does, um, it needs to upgrade it's airplay standard at more least. than that
1: it needs to allow it on windows because that is outrageous oh yeah fill fillers in because I, f- I didn't check this well you i mean you you were the one that told me it doesn't support it on windows i i don't i i wasn't able to noticeably see it working but i will say it's a little bit more complicated than that because my computer is connected to my hi-fi with a an optical digital cable and it it, windows settings play a part in what you're able to pass out now all of my settings are enabled up to 192 um but the amp only ever seems to pick up 48 uh, which is weird so I don't know mm. whether there's a windows thing at play here but you said that you didn't think that the win the iTunes in Windows supported lossless. but we haven't checked that have we or have I we?
0: have yeah I did when I was texting you I did I did look it up and it's not supported on Windows So
1: why not? good question i mean it's just stupid because you're basically people are paying for a service it's done you've got it they're still paying the same price but you're not letting them access it on i mean okay sean sure, probably no one uses itunes on windows anymore because it is extremely painful um but even so it should be an option right it just, I have a theory i have yes. a theory
0: it's, it's a twofold theory one you've 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 nailed already that it's probably a numbers game. Apple's looked at the number of people using it and just opted to not bother. But I also think compounding that is probably because there is a different level of DRM involved in the delivery. And iTunes, don't forget, is dead on the Mac. It's a separate app. It's music. It was rebuilt. And I kind of feel that it's probably a combination of that that just makes it not worthwhile bothering with on Windows. If this few people are going to bother doing it on an Apple Product, even if you just went out and spent £500 on AirPod Maxes and a brand new iMac and you still can't benefit from it, then Windows, iTunes users have got no chance. No, chance I, yeah,
1: and I, I mean, I, look, I I don't disagree with Apple's way of doing things very often because ultimately I I understand why it makes most of the decisions. Like, it doesn't bother me that I can't use um, iMessage on an Android phone. It's just not a problem, um, and I un- I understand why that is. Um, but when it comes to something like this, where you've made the service available, um, I I just think it's absolutely outrageous that it's not more widely available, and you know okay i i know you feel like they don't care about it because it's a sideshow but i don't agree with that I, I you know i think that's just a matter of opinion and i i just don't think that's the case I, you know why bother with it didn't you know the quality of the music's already fine so what's the you know if you're going to launch high res why not make it more accessible and part of it's to do with how apple operates its ecosystem anyway um but part of it is just bloody mindedness and I, I i find myself actually quite irritating quite irritated by particularly airplay which realistically could quite easily support this kind of transfer like yeah it, it uses wi-fi
0: to- and it uses apple lossless yeah. as the audio delivery uh, vehicle so it could yeah. technically yes
1: yeah so you know you'd be getting it's already doing that kind of in fact I, well, I, I haven't looked into it, but presumably if you were to stream an AirPlay film from your phone to a TV, you know, to an AV receiver, that would be using way more bandwidth in total than would ever be needed for lossless audio. So I don't really understand why they haven't enabled it on AirPlay, especially on devices that support those high bit rates. Like, it shouldn't be... Obviously, it isn't going to be mandatory. Not everything's going to support it because not everything's good enough. But this... Little wonderful, absolutely wonderful little Cambridge audio machine I've got. Um, It could easily support it. It sounds phenomenal. I absolutely love it. It has a built-in Spotify app. So if Spotify launches hi-fi, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to listen to high-res Spotify. But but there is no Apple Music app for these things. It's all AirPlay-reliant. So yeah. unless they were to do something like that, where they do... I mean, Spotify Connect is one of the, one, one of the many reasons that Spotify is quite good. Um, you know, Spotify Connect means that you can listen to stuff on almost any device. You know, there are probably fridges that have Spotify Connect built in. Um, and it is a genuinely good service. I think if Apple were to approach Apple Music a bit more like that, it would probably find some love, especially in the high-end audio... Um, you know market where they're you know people care about quality and you know they're prepared to spend money on stuff uh yeah. okay sure it doesn't it doesn't help apple financially but there's more to you know these things than just making money it is also a mind share and a you know apple music then becomes a must-have and and a and a true rival to tidal and walks all over spotify which has dragged its heels on high quality audio for so long so you know there there are other battles at stake here you know market share is a problem for apple and i'm sure it would like a bigger market share so why not really push this as an innovative solution i was think i think it's annoyed me because i was getting i was so pleased with the way it was going because i watch obviously i watch a lot of streaming and it really bothers me the quality the quality of streaming really annoys me and i and i miss sitting down with a blu-ray or a you know an ultra hd blu-ray um and and seeing things in crystal clear you know crisp beautiful clarity with no um artifacting based on compression and i've been watching things recently i have been going look at this it looks shash it's like why is this picture blue and there's blocks all over it it really annoys me and i was thinking this is great apple's gone the other way instead of you know, everything being worse than the physical media, Apple's actually making it better than the physical media. Now, obviously, they're not the first. Tidal did it before. But they are a more mass market operation than Tidal. So I was annoyed. Well, I, I was happy. And then I found out how difficult it was to actually make use of it. And then I was sad. And I have heard it on my phone connected to a DAC through two dongles and you know, and a and a mass of cables and, my, and these headphones I'm wearing now which are okay, I mean they're not the world's last word in sound quality by any stretch to of the imagination but you know all of that stuff and it sounds great, I liked it, it was a pleasant, pleasant experience but yet they're one step away from it being actually usable which is just, it's silly It's a shame because all of the
0: pieces are there and this is something that's aimed at Hi fi people, I think Apple's acknowledged as much, but even hi fi people like me that have all the equipment to support this and take advantage of it struggle to use it um, unless you happen to have a specific product or something lying around that you can use in order to get it. And I think that needs to be fixed. I think Mm. Apple, I think it is stage one in what it wants to do. I think the hardware has to catch up. And I think that the, um, the the easiest way for Apple to win with this is to upgrade AirPlay in a way that that makes this usable.
1: Let's make no mistake here. AirPlay is great. Like because so much stuff now supports AirPlay, it's gone from being the Apple thing that Apple stuff uses to being the thing that is in both of my TVs and this hi-fi and. A, a quite an old soundbar I've got downstairs that sounds okay you know it is it isn't it's gone further than just being a niche thing that Apple stuff works with it is in fact a really good system that has huge potential but is being a bit hobbled
0: well if you have an opinion on the lossless high res lossless and uh, every, everything else we've talked about debate let us know UK tech show at iCloud dot com and that's it, 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 and that's well, before Ian and I die of sweat and exhaustion in our respective studios here in under the summer heat, I wanted to come to a very quick email that came in from Seb. He says, Hey, Nate and Ian, about the theatre segment from the other week, what would be your thoughts on watching a play via VR headsets? It could provide a, more, a similar experience to the real thing. You could even maybe see other patrons' avatars sitting in the audience if you wanted to make it more similar to the real thing, though then the question emerges of whether you would then have to be limited to seating, including better or worse positions. Positioning. Um, that might be a step too far in the hunt for realism and also limit how many tickets someone could sell, but it could perhaps be a way to drive up scarcity or maybe offer it as an early access feature. I love this idea. I feel like I almost suggested it when we recorded this episode, but maybe I didn't because I love the idea of um, having a single fixed camera position but being able to in some way manipulate the movement as you would in the old days with opera glasses or something so if yeah. you've got the best seat in the house but instead of having multiple cameras to see a play you you have to stay there but via VR you can look left and right, you can maybe zoom in and out but you're not physically adjusting the position from which uh, you're enjoying the play I love the idea and yeah, it's I a love great it would be a great use of VR and I think it's I would, I would yeah really, really good, that, so. yeah all over that
1: you could also maybe make the argument that plays from a certain angle on a big tv in 3d would actually work quite well but 3d's dead it's not happening no okay let's do you know what do you know what isn't dead and is still happening uh is it the earth's sun because that's definitely still on you you're close it's
0: uh, it's tom merritt who oh. has been um radiating heat via the daily tech news show over the last week although he hasn't he's been on holiday but uh, by the by he normally is and this is what's been happening on dtns this week this week on Daily Tech News Show, all the details from WWDC, thanks to the Snob OS folks, what to expect from E3, thanks to Tricia Hirschberger, how to avoid creator
1: burnout, thanks to Scott Johnson, and can the U.S. forge a decent tech policy? Justin Robert Young lets us know. Also, how Generation Z is finding its identity thanks
0: to tech. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please do consider uh, backing us, become a patron, get our full-length ad-free version, listen live, get Extra Message, our exclusive show that goes out every uh, between episodes for patrons, um, which I routinely record in a forest, actually, although this week I recorded it in a studio, about Apple podcast subscriptions, which are coming, and yes, we will be a part of that. Uh, More on that, though, over the coming days, unless you're a patron, and in which case you already know about that. Um, Otherwise, please leave us a review. It makes a huge difference wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, If you're listening for free, it is a brilliant way to support us for no cost whatsoever. If you've not left one for a while, maybe you'd like to leave another one. That'd be super useful. But unless there's anything else in, I think I'm going to go and uh, take even more of my clothes off and sweat in a different room in front of an air conditioner.
1: Yeah, good idea, man. I just think the football team might have scored a goal because I can hear a lot of shouting. Oh, well, mate. Um, They've been on Twitter moaning because apparently there's a shadow on the pitch and they think it's the BBC's fault. Um,
0: (laughs) I have nothing to add to that. Goodbye, everybody.